But uh, I just want to let you know we're glad that you're here. And this morning, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up what we've been talking about the last few weeks. And I'm going to do the last sec, uh, the last, I call it your last chapter, whatever you want to call it. Last, I mean, it's breaking the cycle. We've been talking about breaking the cycle. And what I want to talk to you about today is leaving a legacy in your life. And so, you know, welcome back. And we're talking about that. And we've been looking at the Bible, what the Bible says about finances. How many of you know that money talks? You usually said goodbye. And so what, what I did the first week, I talked about there's some natural things that you and I can do with money. First of all, you can have to have an understanding of what money's all about. You need to make a plan. You need to learn to say no. So w- one day you can say yes. You remember we talked about credit cards are not your friend, but cash is. And we talked about having the heart to give and breaking that cycle. We talked, those are natural things we can do. But we also, I talked about how God used, like gave the example of the lady that had the the, uh, the jar of, of oil, and what she did, what God spoke to her to do, she did what she could do in the natural with that oil, and God put the super on the natural, and it became supernatural what God did. And I believe that for many of us that God wants to do that. And Pastor Josh did a great job last week, I heard. Is that true? And uh, last week he talked about putting God first and bringing, and bringing him the tithe. We talked to Pastor Josh to remind us we step, when we learn to step out in faith and bring God our first and our best, God blesses the rest. Amen? Amen. So if you miss our messages, you can go to our, our website. They're on podcasts. And so, you know, I, I know there was a woman a couple of, a while back that she was, uh, she was tormented at night because she thought that something was under her bed. So she went to the psychiatrist and she went and what she did is she, she told him everything. And the psychiatrist said, well, you know what? I think I can help you. He said, but what we're going to do is we're going to need to do about 20 sessions, and the sessions are going to be $200 a piece. And so, but I think I can, I think we can handle this. And let me know when you want to start. So he didn't hear from her for a couple of months. And he said, man, I'm just going to call that lady. I thought she was going to start the sessions and everything. And, and so what happens is then, and she goes, I, I ne- and he calls, he goes, hey, man, what happened? I never heard back from you. What, what? She goes, well, I told my husband what you wanted to do. You wanted $200 and $20 a session for what I was thinking that was under my bed, so he cut the legs off my bed. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Some of you will get it later, but anyway. You know, it's interesting how we let fear impact our lives. You know, fear means this, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's false evidence appearing real. And see, what happens, uh, it impacts the way we make our spending. It's, it impacts our savings decisions. It impacts our giving decisions. And we make decisions. See, cycles are based on thoughts. How many of you know that we all have different kind of thoughts that come to our brain? Sometimes we have good thoughts, bad thoughts, stinky thoughts. You know what I mean? Helping thoughts. But you know what? I know this. There's two kind of thoughts that we can have. We can have thoughts that wander toward God. And we have thoughts that wander away from God and leave no room for God. And many of us live that lifestyle and in that cycle for many years and we become selfish and we just think about just us. And that's all we see is us. We can't see beyond ourselves. And so, you know, we make decisions and we don't even know why we make decisions. You ever do that? Like, why am I making this? You know what? Could it be that some of the decisions that we're making are based out of fear? It was like I heard during the holidays there was a lady cooking with her mother and she, and she goes, Mom, i got to ask you a question. Why do you cut the ends off the ham? She goes, you know, baby, I, I really don't know. Maybe call grandma because I saw what grandma did. She goes, okay. So she called her grandma. She says, mama. She goes, 
how come y'all, y'all, you cut the ends off the ham? She goes, man, I don't know. He said, maybe call great grandma. Call Tutu it. She gets on the phone. She goes, hey, Tutu it. How come you used to cut the ends off the ham? She goes, my baby. The reason I cut the ends off the ham, I didn't have a pan big enough to put it in. <laughs> and so what we do, we carry on sometimes things for generations. And we don't even know why we do what we do. Many of us are making decisions because fear's been passed down. Come on. I used to have an aunt. Her name was Aunt Mabel. She goes, you know what? When it starts thundering and lightning, and if, the th- if your little kids get scared, God's mad at them. I said, man, God is constantly mad at me in the storm. And see, fear impacts people the most in the area of generosity. I believe people want to be generous. How many believe that? I really believe people want to be generous. And Acts says it like it's more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said that. What is, what, what is more blessed to give than to receive? What, why is it more blessed? Obviously, it, turn, it helps people and it returns blessings. In return. But here's the thing. We're designed in such a way. Think about this. There are certain emotions and there's certain endorphins that we have. Think about this. That when we, we're good and we're kind to people and we give to people, it releases things in our brains. And we feel good about what we do. What do you mean? God's a giver and he made us in his image. Think about that. But what happens is we've allowed fear. We've allowed the world. We've allowed people that have said things that... that that just affect us. And so, how many of you know that, like, buying a Christmas present, you want to open it now? You know, I was the kind of kid, I would want, I'd see the presents, I'd, I'd want, Mama! I said, Mama, can I open it? Baby, we got 25 days of Christmas. You ain't open that. It just, I mean, my wife told me yesterday, she goes, man, I like that, that, that jacket. I'd gotten a jacket a while back, and it's one of those, those half zips like this. And she goes, man, I... And she, I gotta got. She, my wife's not the kind of brother. I gotta have it. She's just like, man, I wouldn't mind one of those for Christmas. And I'm like, so I'm like looking at stores. Hey, come on, let's go down to Marshalls. You can park our child one on, or let's go to Parker's. And I'm trying because baby, 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 I really don't need. And by the way, even a child on and you wrap it up, it's not even a surprise anymore. How I many? Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just like that. I mean, I get someone to give, hey, open it now. I'm like, no, it's, their birthday's a month from now. Come on. <laughs> so you buy something, you, and something happens in your heart, though, when you buy something for someone, and they begin to open that gift, and it's just something to you. That's why the Bible said it's more blessed to give. than. Re- I like that new Walmart commercial. I don't know. The kids are in, and they have that song, freak out, and they're all dancing. They've got, they got something, but, you know, and it's like, I remember those moments. Just give, you know, it was good to get the bike when I was seven. It was good to get the New Orleans Saints fake uniform when you're six and all those different things, but it, it's just something when you go and you give something to someone. And see, I, I, you know, Pastor Josh said that tithing is not the same as generosity, okay? See, what happens is, in, in tithing, you give to God. But, see, tithing is not just the ceiling, but it's the floor. It's where you start. In other words, it's the starting line. He shared the scripture last week at Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. It says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with, for your first fruits of all your produce, and your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. Today, we're going to look at, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about tithing, but we're going to talk about giving an offering. Tithing is the first fruits, and it's it are connected. Just like generosity and offering 
are connected. Once you understand your principle, your whole life is going to take a new direction. So what do you mean, Pastor? Tithing is where you bring your first fruits to God's house. Offering is where the Holy Spirit leads you where your passions are, and he speaks to you, and you do what you're passionate about. Does that make sense? Want tithe? Tithe is to God. Offering is maybe you're helping someone or something. Some of, some of us have passions for orphans. We actually support some orphanages uh, throughout the world. In Kenya, there's going to be a group of people from our church going to Kenya in May. And if you would like to be, know more about that, it's to our orphanage there that Matt and Becky Murray have there in Kenya. And we're going to be going with a medical missions team from our church in Mandeville as well. Hey, did y'all see that Coach Ogeron got the job? <laughs> Come on, I just got to say, you, you know, he goes to our church in Mandeville. I don't know if you saw the interview. And he goes, by the way, while he's getting, he's, he's finally, he said, I want to thank Pastor Jacob and my pastor, Pastor Steve, for just helping me and praying through this whole moment. So I was like, come on, give glory to God. So, thank you for those three people. They're excited. We're going to see how the rest of the season goes. But, and so, offering is where the Holy Spirit leads you, where your passions are. It's helping orphans. It's mentoring students. It, it may be, you know, helping out a single mom. It may be, you know, reaching out to someone, maybe a drug addict that, that has problems, that can't break the habit, and they just, you just want to help them. You see, I believe that a whole, we believe the Bible, how many believe the Bible is inspired by God? And see, men wrote the Bible and were moved by the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians is the point of this is wherever you, whatever you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. What do you mean? And whoever sows bountifully, you're going to, you're going to reap bountifully. See, there's a law. It's a law, it's a universe, it's called the law of sowing and reaping. It's an agricultural principle. Paul's saying this, he's telling us just like there's natural laws, what are some of the natural laws? There's gravity. We know there's a natural law. You, you hold something like that, you drop it, it's going to fall to the ground. Then there's inertia. Then there's thermodynamics. There are spiritual laws as well. And what do you mean? If you, if you give sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you give bountifully, you're going to give bountifully. It's an absolute law of God, as certain as gravity is in any physical law. What what I mean by, I don't know how electricity works, whether it's electrical current that travels through the wire or spins around the wire. I don't, I don't, if you're an electrician, you can tell me later. I don't know how light works, whether it's a wave or if it's a particle or something in between. Something altogether. I don't know. I don't know how gravity works. But I, I utilize all those laws every day. And so do you. What do you mean, Pat? I don't know. You know, my, it'd be ignorant of me to go, you know, I'm going to go back here in this radio tower that's back here. And I'm going to defy, defy the laws of nature. And I just believe gravity ain't going to work today. You know, it, and, 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 and I'm just denying the existence of the law of gravity. And it's not going to slow me down one iota when I jump off of it. Whether I'm aware of it or not, the law of sowing and reaping is as certain as the law of gravity. What do you mean, Pastor? See, see, the Lord insists on that law. He says, test me. Test me. You see, the first time the law... The first time that a law is mentioned 
you know, in the Bible, they have, it's called the, 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 the law of first mention. You can go to Genesis. You can go to some of the other chapter of books of the Bible. And it's called the law of first mention. It mentions the first time right there. And what happens, the first time the law is mentioned is in Genesis chapter 8. And it's of law of first mention. And the book of Genesis includes four laws that you can't violate them. They just happen. That's the way it is. Let me, I mean, Genesis, if you know the story of Noah and the ark. And God said, you know, men had lived wickedly and done all these things. And I'm going to destroy it with a flood. And he flooded the earth. And, everybody, and he's going to start over with you and your family, Moses. He made rooms and compartments. And I, I mean, it's a miracle. I mean, I, can you imagine living on a boat with animals? I've been, I remember I used to go uh, pheasant hunting every year in South Dakota and, uh, close to pig farms. You could smell pig farms like four miles away. I mean, I, you, you know what I'm saying? And, but what happened is, here's this law. And, and he's saying this. I'm going to start over. I'm going to have mercy on the people. And he says this. He's in verse 22. While the earth remains, this is what's going to happen. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. The law number one is, it's seed time and harvest. Law two, there's cold and heat. You know what? There's, there's law three. There's, winter, there's summer and winter. I love this time of the season. It's fall. The weather's nice. Birds are falling because you're taking them out. Deer are falling, right, Shane? Because, I mean, all the men are going, yeah, I like it. You know, women are going, yeah, my marriage is falling. Where is my husband? But the thing is, is that there's summer and winter in the law four is day and night. You can participate. You're, uh, you're going to have to participate in all these laws if you like it or not. The only one that can determine the outcome is seed time and harvest. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? Listen, whatever you put in the ground, that's what you're going to get. Are y'all with me? I'm in the right church. See, Genesis said this. You cannot fool God, so don't make a fool of yourself. You will harvest what you plant. He who wants, look, if you want friends, the Bible says show yourself friendly. And guess what happened? You'll have friends. Some of you go, well, Pastor Bubba, I mean, I have too many friends. I mean, I mean, fellowship, I have too many ship. I mean, I have too many fellows in my ship. And see, what happens is, you, if you sow kindness, you're going to reap kindness. See, if you want a different harvest, you have to plant different seeds. And see, what happens is, don't come to church and pray that for crop failure, because you've been planting different seeds that you shouldn't be planting all week, and you go, somehow I'll get to church, and God's going to wipe out all my my harvest that I'm supposed to get. In other words, we know this. Listen, if you hang around stupid people, you become stupid like stupid people. If you have a standard and you hang around people that don't have a standard, guess what happens? The Bible says misery loves company. I never enjoyed being miserable smoking a joint by myself. Are you hearing me? Let's go party by myself. See, when you're young, it's called partying. When it's old, you're called a drunk or a junkie. Hello? It's just, it's just the case. You see, I just know, I believe you give to, you don't give to get, but I do believe when you give to bless, you're blessed in return. I just believe that generosity is not about your money. 
It's about your time. It's about your talent. It's about your treasure. When you give generously, you leave a legacy. Newsflash. You and I aren't going to live forever. Nah, nah, you hear me? We're not going to live forever. But so what can we do to leave a legacy for what we give with our time, our talent, and our treasure? I believe that everyone in this room can leave something behind when you leave this earth. What do you mean? Look at women's Psalms. It says, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy. And their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their businesses fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. These are righteous. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. In other words, a legacy is where you live your life beyond your days. You know, there was a, one of my favorite stories. And I was in England two years ago and I stood over the grave of Dr. David Livingston, which was one of the greatest missionaries to Africa. And I wanted to see his grave. And so we were at this chapel in England. They bury people in churches on the floors, in the floors, on the sides of the walls, and all these different things. And, and if you know anything about David Livingston, he was a missionary to Africa. And he, made, he led many tribes to Jesus. And people began to, you know, I mean, they just had revival begin to break out. And what happened, he got sick and he died. He was so famous for his work that the government of England sent soldiers to retrieve his body to bring it back to England to bury. Well, the tribe, the tribesmen and the chief said, you ain't bringing back Doc. He belongs to us. And they almost had a, a war over his body. And finally, one of the chiefs came out and he had a knife and he said this, listen, hold on. And he takes his knife and he stabs Livingston's body and rips his chest Puts his hand in there and pulls out his heart. And he says, he looked at the soldiers. You can take his body to England, but his heart remains here in Africa. And you know, when I stood over his grave, he says, here lies the body of David, Dr. David Livingston, but his heart is in Africa. And I was in the chapel. You're not supposed to take pictures. I'm kind of, I'm a felon in England. <laughs> and I had Becky Murray. I go, all right, right now, come I have it. He left a legacy. It's outlived him. I have a great missionary friend, Danny Osh, that's going to only be with the Lord. I mean, when he died, he had, a, he had his grave, and every day they go at his graveyard because people from all over Mexico just come look at his gravesite for what he did, and they have tracks at his grave. He said, I want to keep preaching even when I'm dead. I want my dead bones to preach. You see, I believe this. Winston Churchill said this. One of my all-time heroes said, what is the use of living if, if it be not to strive for noble causes and to make this muddled world a better place for those who will live in it after we are gone? I believe this. A legacy is graciously giving something that will outlive you. Just outlive you. Where do you invest your time? Where do you invest your treasure? 
What do you, when I say that, where do you invest your talent? Your talent is your purpose. Why God created you. You're here to do something. You, you, gotta, you can't just be something. God wants you to do something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I believe this. You know what? Serving Jesus is not about a religion. It's about a relationship where you can hear the voice of God, that God still works miracles, and he still speaks. And when he speaks, he has your good in mind. But what happens is a lot of us are going to be, oh, God's just out to get me. God's out to, I mean, I've been, I've been bad. No, God's out to show you. The Bible says God's, people repent, people change because they see the goodness of God and they see their measure of their own lives. And they go, I can't keep living this way if that's the kind of God that he really is. And sometimes there's five gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then there's you. And most people won't, won't read the first four, but they'll always read you and how you live your life and the way you're doing things and the legacy you leave behind. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me? Yes. So where do you do it? We want to leave an impact. How many of you want to leave an impact for God when you leave this earth? Come on. Seven of you. Okay. All right. See, you got to live Beyond just living to deal with your problems. Because see, that's some people. All they do is they live their life. And all they do is see their problems their whole life. Okay, listen, listen, listen to this survey. How many of you got some issues in your life right now? How many of you got junk in the trunk? Come on. How many of you got things you don't want no one to know, but God knows? Don't put your hand down. Anyway, just... I'm glad y'all getting honest right here and getting real. See, God knows. We all got things we deal with. We all hear voices. But you got to get over your fear. You got to draw the line in the sand and say, you know what? I've never walked this way. I've never done this thing before. But right now, I need to step over the line and say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. I want to get my eyes off myself. And I want to get my eyes on you. And I know that when I get my eyes on you, you'll begin to show me and speak to me of people that I can help, that I can encourage, pour a little courage into their life. We want to leave an impact. Live, live so your life outlives you. You know? Live beyond just dealing with your problems. Don't let your problems speak to you. Let your legacy speak to you. My God, that was good. Pastor Bubba, that was really good. Thank you. I don't need that. Don't worry. I'm just saying. Let, let me just say, our goal isn't to live on, life, on the earth forever, but to leave something that does. My role as your pastor is this, to prepare you for eternity. Hello. And to equip you to help you impact others for eternity. Hello. A pastor's like a daddy. And I believe every healthy church has a mama and a daddy. Because as a pastor, you can't just be the man. Are you hearing me? I mean, how many of you know that sometimes you have children and some of them give you problems? And some days mama's got grace, but daddy wants to kill them. And then the other days, daddy's going to take them out to the barn and beat the whatever. And, and mama's full of grace. And so it works. That's why you have two parents. And sometimes... One helps the other. Hello. And that's why I have compassion for people that are parenting, even though they're married, but they're parenting by themselves. Amen. There's just a difference. You know, mama, you need mamas. You know why you need mamas? That you can talk to a mama. Mama, you know, they, you know, I feel better. They said this to me. Oh, baby. Eat a cookie. <laughs> Let's talk. 
Daddy, look at you. What? Go tell that boy this. Let me tell you. You don't go kick his butt. I'm going to go. You go do. Take care of business. Yeah. We all need that. Amen. So here's the thing. My role as your pastor is to prepare you for a life that you live beyond here. But see, if you can't see past yourself, you'll never live for what you're doing, for the future. Hello. You see, I believe there's three lanes of giving, okay? And I'm going to share with them and I'm going to wrap this up. The three lanes. What I want to talk about is our reach lane, our project right here. Let me just say this. In the last two weeks, we have enough money to finish that came in that finished all of phase two. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Good, I'm glad you're that excited. But here, here's the thing. What we've done is, is that, you know, we're close to, we, we're, we pay, we're going to pay for uh, phase two. That means phase three, we start doing electrical. You got to buy air conditioners. That's the most expensive part. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what happens is we're, we're going we're gonna to do that. We're not building, we're not going to take out a loan. Okay? We are going to build debt free. We're going to trust God, which means we're building at the pace of your generosity. That's it. Okay? In Crowley, we need a permanent facility. We've been meeting in a theater for, for two years, and we're averaging 200 people at our new campus. Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. It's a much better, quicker pace than we grew here. And I believe, that every, and you know what Pastor Jim shared with us a couple of years ago, you know, every time you plant a church, this church is going to grow. And we see that. And what happened, and then I was last week, I was in Eunice. They've gone to two services, and they've been growing. And guess what they need? Now they need more space. You know? And so that's a lane that you can do. I mean, that's a lane. That's, a, that's one of the, the lanes of leaving a legacy. It's not about buildings. It's not about martyr. It's not about carpets. It's not about chairs. We don't do votes on chairs. If you don't vote on me, I won't vote on you. How's that? Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> We just need to make decisions sometimes. And see, I believe that another lane that you can do is your local outreach lane. There's more happening outside these four walls than they are in the walls. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? We give thousands of dollars to our schools. Each year to our schools. We're fixing to do some Christmas outreaches. People in need. We do that every year. This Christmas, we'll spend thousands of dollars impacting all our communities. I'm just telling you that. I mean, in our global outreach, there's a global lane that we do. Then you know what? So we do stuff all over the world. We do stuff in South Africa. In fact, you can go to right now when Pastor Villain comes. And I don't know when he's coming. April, something like that. I don't know when he's coming. One of these months. But when he comes, when I go to Africa, we've had people. Alex Moore has gone there. My son Andrew is uh, uh, Lindsay uh, Glasscock that have gone there. And they've given away a year to three months of their lives. And our church, when you go to their building that they built, they have a prayer tower. It's called Our Savior's Church Prayer Tower that we paid and we built for them. Are you hearing me? And I go there and they go, hey, man. And they always say, hey, say, hey. Hey, Pastor Bubba, how's Alex? I've been going there 10 years. I know people there. They're my friends. How's Alex doing? I see you on Facebook. How's Andrew doing? How, how's, how's Lindsay doing? Pastor Bubba, you can't go there without seeing what God's done. 
and the communities and kids' lives that have been changed and, and affected for eternity. Are you hearing me? I mean, when Andrew was there, he took me to a township. He says, Dad, I'm going to bring you to this township. He brought a bunch of clothes and stuff and, and opened. He had a long beard and he had long hair. And they, and they used to come, look, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. He, I think he had a, a complex, a Jesus complex. But anyway, but I mean, it, and it was just neat just to see. And all the old ladies, they'd come up to him, oh, Andrew, Andrew. You couldn't understand what they were saying, but you understood that they loved him. I mean, how many of you have been to Africa? Come on, how many of you have been to one of Africa besides you? You've been there. Who else? Okay, it was first service. We had some. But we go there. We try to go there every year. And see, I believe this. Not only in South Africa, but in England. And through England, we, I was just there just a month ago. And through Albania, I was there with all the kids that were that, that are, they're gypsies that everybody despises. And I have pictures on my phone. Beautiful children. Beautiful I was there with Pastor Barry that, that comes here and we support them. And he says, you see that little boy right there, Baba? And he goes, yeah. He goes, if we wouldn't have brought the medicine and some food, he would have died. When I say living in trash, they live, I've been to Haiti. I've been all throughout Central America. I've been through Africa. I've been to different places. And it is the worst I've ever seen. Worst. Living in trash. I saw a 19-year-old girl just move me with compassion. She's on her third pregnancy. You know, and then I think about what we're doing in Sri Lanka and it, 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 with Matthew Murray and Becky where it's been war ravaged and they still have bones on the beaches where they had battles and stuff. And you're going there reaching these kids. And we gave over $5,000 two years ago and it helped feed 200 families for two months. I don't know what your Thanksgiving was, but in my family, $5,000 with my family. Have you seen some of their waistlines? That ain't enough. Then I think about Kenya and how they have the Dignity Project. They're having little girls that, it's sad, but in order, they're, they're these little girls that are virgins, that guys that get AIDS, they think if they have sex with a virgin, that God, that their AIDS will be cured. See, that's the things they don't tell you about what's going on in Africa. And then we're helping girls have hygiene because they, they can't go to school for a week or so because they have no hygiene. So we're helping support, get them hygiene so they can go to school with their other friends. Are you hearing me? Orphans, that, that are real orphans, not just play like orphans, real orphans that don't have a mama and a dad and that their parents have died of AIDS. And some of the kids that they have in the orphanage, they have AIDS. Back right now in our children's church, you know, I, I look like, I don't know, see, but little Reuben gets Meshach money every week to help Meshach that's an orphan in Kenya. And in all our kids' classes, they pray over the, and they, all the money that they give goes to the orphans every month that they support in their class. And so that's, those are just different lanes. Are y'all with me? It's just different lanes. And sometimes it's just you showing up somewhere. That's a lane. Like this past, like a Thursday, not this Thursday, the Thursday before I went to Lafayette. And I have a friend that, that she's like my little sister, Tracy. I've known her since she was nine. Tracy's known her since she was a teenager. When I first got saved, that this family, the Bodwin family, just adopted me. And she was nine years old. She has cancer all throughout her whole body. And her bones, her pancreas, and everything. And when I went there, I felt like the Lord told me, go on Thursday. So I've been praying for her. Tracy and I talked about it, praying. And I didn't know Damon was actually in charge of the whole floor. 
at Lafayette General where she was at. And I was reading my Bible. That's a good thing to do if you want a word from God. Okay? Pull out your Bible every once in a while. You might hear from God. And I began to read. And as I was just reading, the Lord spoke to me. I want you to give her this word. So I went Thursday. And we opened the door. As I opened the door to go in the room, there was Josette laying in the bed. Her sister-in-law, Tara. Her, her aunt. And then her mother, Miss Louise, who's like my second mama. And I walked in, and they know what I'd walked through in cancer. I had stage four. And I looked, and I just said, and they just looked at me, and Miss Louise and Josette just go, Baba, oh, Baba. Josette just start crying. Baba, oh, Baba, you don't know what this means for you to come. And I just began to talk to her about, you know what? Heal people, heal people. And I said, God gave me a word, and as I was there, I, I just moved with compassion. That's all I can say. Because sometimes words aren't enough. You, don't, you ever get stuck? You just don't know. You can't say anything. And I just started stroking her hair. Before I prayed for her, and I said, Josette, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus and I felt the presence of God. I just Jesus loves you, Josette. I said, God gave me a word for you. She says, what is it, Baba? I go, the Bible, God spoke to me this morning when I was reading. He said, fear not, believe. Believe. See, God took me from being a dope head to being a hope head, bringing hope in someone's head. And that's exactly wherever you've been from. God's called you to bring hope to people. And then she, she hadn't walked in four or five days before that. They thought she had a cracked pelvis. And after I did that, they came and gave her. She said, Bubba, you don't understand. She texted me. When you gave that word to me, the doctors came in and they told me all this stuff. And I said, I'm not going to fear. I'm going to believe. And then I asked Damon yesterday. I saw him voting. We voted the right way anyway. And and. And I asked him how she, he said, Bubba, you didn't, Pastor Bubba, you didn't hear? She got discharged. She's walking. She's doing like, come on. I mean, just, yeah. am I lying? It's what lane God tells you to walk in. Hello. Because see, you know, we're going to have a reach offering in three weeks on December 11th. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell you a sad story. I'm not going to show you little babies with bloated bellies and a rice bowl going, feed me, flies in the corners of your mouth. If you don't give, we're gonna, and I don't want to have, you know, grind you up and go, oh, I got it. You know what I mean? I want you to do this. How many of you pray? Okay, look at me. Pray and ask God what he wants you to do. If he doesn't say anything, don't do it. But if he does, do what you got to do. Because see, some guy, time guys, listen to me. And I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to be done. Sometimes it's just going, God, what do you want me to do? And sometimes we used to do in a certain way, uh, certain things a certain way. And God may want to change up the way you do things and make you, and not make you, but ask you to do something different. Because sometimes God asks us to do things that seem crazy. Are you hearing me? Literally, I did one time, I got broken down on a bridge in Baton Rouge. 
And God spoke to me. This is the gospel truth. God spoke to me. He said, you see that guy down there? I want you to go down there and tell him he's fixing to commit adultery and he's going to break, his, he's going to break my heart and he's going, to break his family's, uh, he's going to break his family up. I'm like, what? So I walked down. I'd like to say, man of faith and power. I walked down there and told him, no, I did not. I got on like, I was acting like I was, on, I went by, and that's when they used to have pay phones. You remember what those are? You know, things are connected to a wall. And the guy was fixing to check in. You know, the lady was fixing to check in that I saw. He was, and I'm, I'm acting like seeing it. Why, God, if she checks in, then I'm going to do it. And like, she did. I'm like, oh, frick. You ever had that? Like, oh, God, I'd love to say, I have a man of mighty faith. But how many of you know sometimes I feel like Gideon? Well, Lord, if the dude shows up and the thing don't do this and it don't do that, you know, man of faith, don't look at me like I'm crazy. You know what I'm talking about. And so I go, and the guy is on his cell phone. Throw my cell phone to me, baby. I got to just throw it. Thank you. Good throw. She can throw. She had four kids. She can throw down, too. Anyway. Four, four boys, five boys. Why did I get four? That's what you wanted, but I, anyway. That's a whole nother message. Now, we don't have four kids. That's, that's in my dreams. Anyway, but he was on his phone. <laughs> Man of faith, the power, I knock on his window. He looks at me, he goes, he rolls his window, he goes, you need something? I go, no, I don't need anything, but. God, the God of the Bible, he told me that he knows what you're up to. And he sent me to let you know that he knows you, what you have planned in your heart to commit adultery. And if you turn right now, God will spare whatever he needs to spare. And that's what he told me to do. And that's it. And Lily, I promise you, I went back. On the overpass, I saw the lady get in her car, drive off, and I saw him drive off. Now, what I don't know what everything's going to happen to eternity. But you know what? God may look at that guy and go, you know what? How many of you know the Bible says God gives us all a way of escape? And for some of us, it's just getting in our lane and doing what God tells us to do when God tells us to do it. And it doesn't mean it makes sense. It doesn't mean that it's all going to be figured out. But you've got to be willing to do what God tells you to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you right now for everyone that's here. I pray against the spirit of fear that rises up in people's hearts. Sometimes it's a generational thing. Sometimes we don't even know why we have what we have. And Lord, right now, I pray that you would break that. I'm just going to ask no one looking around. Just You say, Pastor Bubba, I need to hear this message because I want to leave a legacy and I don't want the fear that I've had in my heart, in my life, or in my relationships to block anything I'm doing. I want to break that cycle of fear in my life. That's you. Just raise your hand. No one looking around. Thank you. Thank anyone else? Come on. Come on. This is a, it's just a sign. Say, I'm stepping out. Your hand represents, I'm stepping out today. I'm going to get behind. I'm going to not walk behind faith or walk with fear. I'm going to stand on faith to believe that God's going to do incredible supernatural things in my life and my family. If that's you, just raise your hand. Okay. Thank you. you can put it down. Put it down. All over this place. Maybe you came this morning. You say, Pastor Baba, I'm not living in fear, but I really don't know God. 
And I came this morning to find him. Let me just say this. The most incredible thing that you and I can ever do. We've all had to do it, those that are following Jesus. We had to come to a point where we realized we were just filled with ourselves. And we did our best. And it didn't work out that great for us. And now we realize, and maybe you realize, it's my will being crossed by the will of God and getting my eyes off of my problems. And that Jesus is the solution because he came and demonstrated his love. While I was doing my own thing, he reached out in love. He began to speak to me. And I want to know him, Pastor Bubba. Would you pray with me this morning, Pastor Bubba? I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for him. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? You can put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Many people. Can we all pray this prayer together out loud? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my selfishness, for my guilt, my shame, my sins. I believe you died for me. To free me from myself. Now today, I want to give my life to you. From this day forward, I want to trust you with all of my heart, with all of my strength, to walk after your ways and not my ways. From this day forward, I want to love you and serve you. In Jesus' name.